Hi, this is Yesaya Ferdinand, and you're listening to the first episode of Invalid Opinion, a show where I talk about what caught my eye this week in pop culture, locally and internationally. This week, I'm going to talk about Critical Eleven, a new Indonesian drama based on a best-selling book by Ikanatasa, and I'm also going to discuss about Dear White People, the new Netflix series created by Justin Simeon, based on a movie of the same title, and to close the show, I'll give you my last recommendations, things that I think you should get a glimpse to. So, stay tuned. Now, the first topic, we're going to talk about Critical Eleven, the new Indonesian movie. Uh, it's a drama movie based on the best-selling book by Kanatasa, of course. Uh, this movie... It was directed by Robert Roni and Mortetewa, whom are two most prominent Indonesian directors and producers. And I was anticipating this just because I am a reader of the book. Uh, the book is fantastic, Rick. I cannot put it down. It talks about a couple who navigates their marriage through grief from a miscarriage. And this is pretty much it this movie although they took it far enough uh from the day they met and how they how their relationship uh bloom into a marriage and then they moved to new york and then came back to jakarta again and then having a baby but sadly they drew a miscarriage and this movie talks about how they navigate their relationship through grief, which is kind of the same as the book. Now, as an adaptation from a book to movie, there's always going to be changes. And this movie is written also by Ikaratasa, co-written by also Jenny Jusuf, who is the writer of Philosophy Copy. Now, Jenny Jusuf, I think, is the best choice for this because he, she understands how to adapt a book or a literature piece and adapted it to a movie and philosophy copy is a hit was and still i think a hit and she received piala citra for screenwriting which is really deserving at the time just because i think she understands how to write a screenplay based on not just a book, it's a short story, and she able to expand the world of philosophy copy from the uh, resource material into a proper movie with more conflict, yet at the same time still deepen the characters and not messed with the story from the source material and i think this movie does that and also this movie is co-written also by Montetewa and robertone who are the directors um my first thought about the movie is how well casted it is it is played by reza radian and adina wirasti respectively as ale and anya the two couplet of this movie this actress and actors really knows what they're doing because Adina Rasti and Raisa Haradian also played together in another movie called Kapan Kawin in which their chemistry in this movie are so palpable and so lovable and I really love 
how they really just understood each other in uh, a way that a married couple or a couple is. And I think this movie is a solid run for them just because they really are beautiful together in the screen. And of course, they have this chemistry and have this attraction towards each other that really just sold the movie to me. Also, there are a couple cameos and supporting characters in this movie, which are played by everyone in this movie. I think everyone in this movie is famous or a celebrity slash actresses. There are some senior actors like Slamat Raharjo and Widiawati as the mother and the father of Ale. And then there's Astrid Tiar and uh, Hamish Daud, Hannah Al-Rashid as the best friends of uh, Anya's character. And then there's Revalona Estema, Treval Hadi, Angika Bolsteri, Mika Tambayong, Achiresti, Nino Fernandez, who just show up in the last scene of the movie. I was kind of shocked because this movie really knew how to cast their their characters and it becomes a selling point too for the movie because every actor in the sun is in this movie and also there's Dewey Sasono I think as the OBGYN which gained a few laughs just because Dewey Sasono has this goofy uh, persona from playing uh, a sitcom in Nat TV which is called Tetangga Masa Gitu, I think. I forgot about it. But yeah, so Dusasun has this goofy persona that makes, when when he pop in the screen, it instantly gain laugh, which is, to me, I don't know, it makes me laugh too, because yeah, he's playing a legit OBGYN with serious face. Like, and I cannot see that face really serious because we've been seeing him being so funny in Tetangga Masa Gitu. The music was played by Andrianto, scored by Andrianto, sorry, uh, which is fine, I think. Uh, it plays in the movie really well. Also, there's a, there's a soundtrack, original soundtrack, uh, sung by Isana Saraswati. Now, what I want to talk about is what this movie is good at, which is character development. And it's rare, a commercial movie has this deep character development that makes everything make sense. That uh, we already established what the character is and what the character does and what their, I don't know, their characterization that makes us really understood why every single arc in this movie is happening, which I think is remarkable. Kudos for the screenwriters who knows how to make a character development really well. Uh, there's also the ups and downs in their relationship is really written well in a movie. Although I have to say, the ending of this movie is a bit disappointed. I'm not gonna spoil you what happened, but it's not in the book. It's an added scenes and arc. Uh, as Ikaratasa has been saying in some of the social, uh, some of the posts on social media, that they specifically made a storyline which are not in the, mo- the book, but really, she said, depends the characters in the movie. Though I think there are some references that the added scenes that really depends the character. The ending was a bit disappointing, just because I, I suspect that they need that ending to become a bit dramatic i guess and that to me really just 
broke my heart a bit because this movie was so good from the beginning to up to that point that I become a bit disappointed by that. Though I'm not saying that this is a bad movie. This is a great movie. This is a great commercial, feel-good movie. Not a feel-good, actually. It's a tearjerker, though I did not cry because... And this is another thing that I want to talk about. I think what makes me not crying watching the movie is because the subject matter of the movie is really adult and really mature. Uh, this is a movie about married couple and I have I am not married and I think most of the majority of the people in the theater that I watched in is not married also because a lot of youngsters, a lot of young, like 20, 21 year olds watching this and we did not connect with the married life and having a baby and having a miscarriage Therefore, we cannot relate to the characters in the book. Ikaratasa navigate us uh, and try to help us to understand the character by giving anecdotes and uh, metaphors that I can relate. So therefore, I really love this. But this is a movie. This is visual. Everything is told just by visual. We cannot uh Give ourselves gives our interpretation that much so we can relate. But I'm I'm gonna say this is a great movie, and because of that mature subject matter, we don't relate. But again, this is not a bad movie, I think. Although I have to say this movie has a really big production value. Not that I want to talk about because they really, really meticulous when it comes to sets and shots and. Even down to the clothing of the characters, which I think is really great. It really represents the characters from the get-go, just by the clothes. Which I think, kudos for the art directors and the costume designers. But the budget of this movie is astounding. Just seeing the production value of this, I am so happy that a lot of big production house in Indonesia like Star Vision Plus and Legacy Pictures, they really put money into this movie. Though this is a very, I think, niche kind of, just because this is 21 plus, because there's a love scene in this movie, uh, which I'm going to talk about later, but I'm glad that they really took part to make a great movie with a greatly written movie and then put the money where their mouth is, which is not a lot to say to a lot of Indonesian movies these days, though I've seen that developing to uh, the extent of making a great movie and also a commercial good movie. I've seen a lot this year, like Bukan Lapan is a good movie, commercial movie, of course, and then there's Kartini, which is a biopic, although there's a bit niche out there, uh, right there, but there's a lot of people who's gonna watch this movie, and they make it so well. And so I am so happy that we are, as an Indonesian, in the movie, I'm not gonna say industry, as in the that the movie makers and big production houses like this put their money to make a great commercial movie, not just for sake of making money, because there are... A couple of times back then where Indonesian movies are just so bad and the ones who are having a potential don't have a lot of budget so they are very pro low production value so kudos for a big production house out there and so I also want to talk about the love scene 
Um, yes, there's gotta be a love scene. I'm gonna tell you, not gonna tell you how, and I'm gonna tell you what. I'm just saying, it's ballsy. Uh, but at the same time, it's did it because we're gonna depict a married couple who, I guess, I'm not guessing. I really think that they're gonna make love someday, uh, and I think they throw a love scene. Not just for the sake of the love scene. There is an arc after the love scene that I think solidify why this relationship is so needs of fixing that making love cannot fix it. And so I think this is a greatly thought scene. And what I when I say ballsy, I mean ballsy because I haven't seen a lot of commercial movies. I've seen a lot of uh, sex scenes or nudity in the Hard Toss movie in Indonesia. But in commercial wise, I haven't seen a lot. The last time that I've seen a lot of like love scenes and kissing scenes is Ini Kisah Tiga Dara. Which are really vulgar talking about this. And I'm not close-minded, but this is Indonesia where... Uh, censorship is still involved. And I guess, is this a sign that censorship has become loosened? And that means that our audience now really has an open-minded perspective towards love scenes or kissing scenes in a movie. Uh, I don't know if that... Uh, I think it's a progress because that means that we acknowledge the fact that people who are in love who is going to kiss, although that is... Maybe not so much aligned to the traditional means or uh, customs of our culture, but it is what it is. It's a, it's a real depiction that yes, in this day and age, this is what happens when people are in love. And so, I as much as I want to call it a progress, there is gonna bound to be a criticism behind it. Uh, I want to hear what you think, you guys, because I think this is a great movie, greatly written, shot beautifully, production-wise, amazing. Uh, Although it's not the best movie out there, I'm just saying this is a solid commercial movie, and I want to hear what you guys think. So, submit your comment on our Instagram page at invalid.opinion, or you can discuss it on Facebook, on our Facebook page, invalidopinionfb.com slash opinion invalid and if you agree or disagree or you have any thoughts that i haven't talked about come comments and let's discuss the second topic that i want to delve into is dear white people a new netflix series created by justin simeon Developed from the same title of a movie, also directed and written and co-produced by Justin Simeon. Now, I watched the movie first, the source material, Dear White People. Um, I knew it from watching an interview by Avery Brown in part of The Vice Guide to Film. And one of the episodes is talking about Spike Lee, the director. And she is talking about how Spike Lee puts racism and issues of black people in his movie. And she is an interesting woman, a very eloquently spoken woman. And I know that she is a producer from this interview. And I look up her filmography and found out that she's produced a movie called Dear White People, 
Which the title itself is intriguing to me because it really sets the tone of what the movie is. Which talks about black people's experience in a very predominantly place where white people is. And of course this is a movie and the series also talks about a group of black people uh, in college which are predominantly white. And they really talks in exclamation point about racism. The movie involves around a set of character, particularly lead by, which in the movie played brilliantly by Tessa Thompson. And Sam White is a mixed race black activist who has this radio show called Dear White People and blasted around campus. And it creates controversy because she talks about racism and black experience to, I guess, a lot of white people. And it makes white people shaken because they did not want to be considered racist. And aside from that radio show, there's also a conflict between the black community. Uh, black people in Winchester, which is the college that Sam in, is housed in this all-black house on campus called Armstrong Parker. And tension is rising because there is an election to vote for the new, I guess, head of the house. And there's Troy Fairbanks, who is Sam White's ex-boyfriend. Oddly enough, he is a son of the black dean in the campus. And she's up against Troy Fairbanks. And then she won. And the story goes into how she used or rather abused her newfound power as the president of the housing, which is sad that she is the lead of the black community in the college. And there's also another set of characters, including the interesting ones that I'm going to talk about is Lionel Higgins, which the character is a black man who happens to be gay and she's and he's really just navigating her sexuality and really just figuring out what he is as a person and there's also Coliandra Connors or called Coco which the character is more the kind that wants to be white I think and this series also talks a lot about being black person and also there's a stigma inside a black community, which they categorize in three category, I think, which is the ones who are really black, the ones who really knows how to manage his or her blackness, and the ones who really just want to be white. And that to me is really an educational for me, because in the media, we always see one set of black character in everything, which is like the ones who are quote-unquote really ghetto and really black and talks in you know a matter that doesn't even finish their syllable in every sentences or in every word and so this is an interesting look to me because here's a black community going against a black uh sorry a white quote-unquote establishment and then they really has a conflict between the black person itself, which I think is interesting, and really just sets the movie apart from every peop 
every movie that talks a lot about uh, race. Because in this movie, they're allowed to really use big words and use intellectual conversation that is really rare when it comes to a movie that dominantly led by people of color. And this movie is smart and brilliant. And there is a scene or there's an arc where Sam, who is a, such a black activist, is falling in love with a white person. And how is he hand, as she handling and is he handling this situation that love is love is love. And just because the color of my skin, I can find out with everyone without the pre prejudice inside the black community about a woman, a black woman who are who is really considering and embracing her blackness, falling in love with a white person. And this topic about, you know, interracial love in this movie is really raised a bunch of criticism or a discussion towards is this movie is educational and bringing up a discussion towards race or is this movie endorsed slash supporting reverse racism? I get that argument because yes, there are some points that I it was kind of like, oh, are you really just wanted to fight with white person or you really want to stand up for racism or what you believe in? And I guess that is what lost in this movie. Although I think maybe it's because there's a, there's a different experience through black people and white people that makes a different perception towards what's happening in this movie just by watching it. But this is a smart and brilliant movie and the series that adapted from this movie is equally or maybe better than the movie just because they have a lot more room to develop the characters, deepen the storyline and just giving more and more intellectual discussion towards race from the point of view of black person or the ones who are experiencing the end tale of racism. The series is in a 30 minute format, which is sometimes can be translated as comedy, though I think because it's a streaming series, there's a blur lines between comedy and drama anymore these days too. And so I think this movie is equally comedic in part of this is very satire and black comedy, yet at the same time, there's the drama. There is that intensity that I think is so great in this movie. The Samantha White character is now played by Logan Browning. Equally great, equally amazing, but I want to talk about Lionel Higgins because in this series, his character is played by Deron Horton, who played this character amazingly. Now, Lionel Higgins in this series doesn't have enough room to grow. I think his perspective is only used in one episode and then he comes here and there in the series, but he's not really much developed, unlike Samantha, Troy, Coco, and Reggie, which I'm going to talk about later because Reggie Green in this movie, in this series, is really prominent in one of the episodes. But yeah, Lionel Higgins is not given as much spotlight as other characters, although I think the greatness about this series is that it doesn't make him left out, but more so he is shown a true complexity of the character, 
which I think is a great thing about this series that every characters in this series is three-dimensional, they have flaws, they have strengths, and they have complexity, which is a rare and delightful thing to see, especially for a character who is described as a person of color because there's not a lot out there great characters for person of color and in this series every person every character is given complexity and three-dimensional look of the character which is a delightful and which is insightful and really humanizing the characters um i also love that the actors playing lionel higgins ron hordon embodies this awkwardness of being this left out character in the black community. Lionel Higgins has been described in this series as a person who are not black enough for black community and not white enough for white person. And it's true, there's this awkwardness of the character who really just cannot fit in with anybody. And on top of that, he is trying to figure out who he is as a person, especially his sexuality, which we found out that this character is gay and has a huge crust on Troy. And oddly enough, is his roommate in the housing, the Armstrong Parker. I want to also talk about how this series is written. Uh, every episode is written in one perspective of every character in this series. Uh, there's a repeat, of course, like Sam White has two episodes and then Coco has two episodes. But every episode is written and told in one perspective. And I want to spotlight one episode that I think is one of the best piece of television I've watched in a while, which is chapter five of the series, which takes a look at Reggie's perspective. Uh, and this episode is, get ready folks, directed by Barry Jenkins. And this episode, oof, I think is one of those subtle yet explosive episodes of this series. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but this is a look at Reggie as an activist and then how he is seeing Sam and his new beau, which is Gabe, the black, the white person, sorry, that is also seen in the movie. And Reggie has a huge crush of Sa on Sam and how she looks at that relationship thinking that damn i can be with her and instead she chooses a white person that is the 15 minutes of what the show is and the next 15 minutes is i think the most insightful thing i've ever seen in, in television in a while talking about a black experience and you have to watch this episode i'm gonna link in the uh reading list the further reading list about this episode if you know if you have watched it and you want to know more about it there's an interview with barry jenkins and also with uh mark richardson who played reggie green talks about this emotional roller coaster of a show this series in all seriousness is really written beautifully and shot amazingly and i think this is one of the yet another appreciation for this series is that this series could just be have a simple uh, shot 
or simple visual because a lot of the series is about the characters, the conversations, and yet they have a very distinctive visual language that is very cinematic and also beautiful to look at. And I think that's what makes this series is even more brilliant because they really meticulously think that this is a very audiovisual medium and they do not want to waste your eye with just a basic shot. They want it to be cinematic. And that to me is really shown that this series is really well thought out and really well roundedly produced. And the soundtrack is also amazing. I've seen a hint of Red Tone by... Uh, Childish Gambino in one of the episodes, which I think is brilliant. And I've also listened to the soundtrack list, and it all is really great R&B and hip-hop songs that accompanies this series so brilliantly. And so, again, I want to hear what you guys think, or even have you watched this show? I think this doesn't really that popular as much as other shows that I've watched, but... I think this is a brilliant show that I need you to look at. So tell me what you think of the show. Uh, just comments on the Instagram post I posted in this podcast Instagram page at invalid.opinion or you can discuss it on Facebook page, facebook.com slash opinion invalid. I really want to hear what you guys think. Now, in the last segment, I'm going to give you my last recommendations, things that I think you should get a claims to this week. Um, the first one is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, this new offbeat but upbeat uh, sitcom. I'm, I guess it's not sitcom anymore. It's more like a comedy series uh, created by Robert Carlock and Tina Fey. Uh, this series revolves around Kimmy, who used to live in a bunker because she is uh, being attracted by a reverend called Reverend Dwayne Gary Wayne. Weird name, but it's also saying how weird this show is. But this show is really funny. And the third season just uh, released, I think, last week in Netflix. This season is really funny, particularly there's the scene where Titus Andromeda and other characters just back from the cruise that he's in and he's seeing his boyfriend but he thinks that his boyfriend is cheating so he said to Kimmy I'm gonna do what every damn person gonna do I'm laminating and he just goes around the city just mimicking Beyonce's lemonade there's a particular one who is adapted from this song called they don't love me like I love you uh, the sequence is Titus really just swinging a bat across the city and then just swing it to uh, his boyfriend's car, which is so funny. This damn show just gets better and better every season. So yeah, I'm recommend Kimmy Schmidt. You should watch that show. And the second one that I want to recommend to you is this weird video on YouTube called history of the entire world i guess which is a, sh a 
long video, I guess it's like around 20 minutes, of really the entire history of the world from the beginning of time until now. And it's played kind of like a vaporwave video. There's a bunch of, you know, like Windows XP slash Windows 98 characteristic of the video. It looks poorly edited, but at the same time brilliant because that's what it meant to. I mean, it's hard, it's hard vapor, another subgenre from vaporwave. And I guess you should look at it just because it's so funny, yet so insightful, yet so weird at the same time. And it's very self-referential to the fact that this is a very weird video. So yeah, those are my last recommendations. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Hot Vapor video of the history of the world called History of the Entire World, I guess. And that is the end of the show. You can check the further reading list for every topic this week on the website, www.invalidopinion.id and tell us what you think on our Instagram page at invalid.opinion. Or you can post your thought on Facebook on facebook.com slash opinioninvalid. I'll see you guys in the next episode. And please, take my word with a grain of salt.